So when Mary came, bringing the, her alabaster box, <laughs> all those scribes and Pharisees, they didn't know her pain. And as we return next Sunday, only you know where God has met you this year. Only you. <laughs> when no man could help you, showed up. And for many of us, it's still showing up. Help me tell your neighbor, you don't know my pain. <laughs> you don't know my story. <laughs> so you won't understand my praise next Sunday. <laughs> you won't understand my, my shout next Sunday. You won't understand my dance next Sunday. When I act a little bit crazy next Sunday, You have no idea. You know, Pastor Nyama was sharing about Mary Uduk. <laughs> House help. But today, heading the money market in Nigeria. You don't, you, don't, you don't have an idea how big that position is. So when she's dancing this Thanksgiving, you don't know her story. Father, we want to just go ahead and say thank you. It's, it's our tradition, the, the Sunday before our end of year Thanksgiving, to, to share briefly, uh, just to be able to, as it were, to uh, prepare us for the end of year Thanksgiving. And I know somebody saying, Pastor, but every month we have Thanksgiving. There is not one like this one. Because this one is accumulated from January all the way. And for some of us, it doesn't have to be January. It could have been from 2012. Hallelujah. And so God will help us to be able to uh, give us a few reasons why we need to return next Sunday. Praise God. Okay, while we're standing, let's look at the book of Psalms 103. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. Psalm 103. I think I'll read from verse 1. Psalm 103 from verse 1. Psalm 103 verse 1. Thank you, Holy Spirit, this Sunday morning. Benjamin, just, just stay on the keyboard. Thank you. Can we read it together? I want to go. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. The next verse, verse 4. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. I, 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 please just hold on. I want, I want us to, to twist this around and let's personalize it this Sunday morning. Want to go now. Who forgives all my iniquities, who heals all my diseases. Go to verse 4 now. Uh, who redeems, let's personalize it now my life from destruction who crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies. Verse 5, who satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the ego. We're going to stop there. Somebody lift up your voice and shout hallelujah. If that is your testimony of your God, shout hallelujah. I say if that is your testimony, of your God, 
Shout hallelujah. I say, if that is your testimony of your God this year, uh, it could have been one or two or three of what, what is there. Lift up your voice once again and shout hallelujah. Let's praise his name. Let's bless the name of the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless his holy name. Please be seated. Very quickly, uh, is a psalm of David. Uh, it was believed that, that David uh, wrote this psalm uh, towards the end of his life. Uh, now this psalm, now, like you know, over 70% of the psalms, uh, psalms are actually songs. Uh, I'm sure you know this song. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Oh my soul. Worship his holy name. Come on now. Yes now. Yes, Father. Worship his holy name. Hallelujah. Now, now, now one of the reasons why, why David could touch God in places where nobody else can is that David knew certain things about God. David knew the, the part, part, you know, I struggled with saying this, so I, I, won't, I won't say because I honor God too much. You, you know, there are certain things, certain times they say that somebody knows your mumu button. Is somebody here this Sunday? Uh, so, so, I know there's somebody or something that is your mumu button. Once that thing touches you, I mean, you become... David knew where to touch God. David knew where to touch God. And by the way, beginning from next year, you'll be hearing a lot about David because the spirit of David is upon this house. The spirit of David is upon this house. It just came out from my retreat. We're going to be hearing a lot about David. And so because the spirit of David is upon our house, we're going to learn the secrets of this man. The greatest king that ever lived in Israel and touched God in ways that nobody else could touch God. And so, and so David, this morning, uh, begins to challenge us uh, in, in this Psalm 103. I said, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Very quickly now, it's like David is saying to himself, David is giving himself an instruction. He said, guy, Bless the Lord. But but he doesn't say, uh, you know, he says, oh, my soul. Why soul? Why soul? Because soul talks about the inside. Because next Sunday, our, our, our thanksgiving cannot be an outward expression of nothing inside. God is not going to be moved by your jumping up and down when it has not come from inside. It has, to, it has to come from your consciousness. It has to come from somewhere deep within you. Your soul is your mind. Your soul is your, is your intellect. Your soul is your emotion. Your soul is your real person. Next Sunday, whatever your thanksgiving is, let it flow. Let it come from the inside. 
But David, knowing that for it to come from the inside, there must be a reason, something must be on the inside. And then he says, okay, the way to get it on the inside is to actually think about it. Somebody needs to think about 2019. Is somebody here this Sunday? Pardon me as I speak bad English. You have to be thankful to be thankful. It's only when you're thankful. I'm sure you understand what I'm saying. Because if you don't think, then you can't thank. Yeah, Pastor, now, this few days to Sunday, you have to pause and think. And he goes on to say, and forget not all his benefits. David began to say that because it is in our human nature to forget. Does anybody agree, Pastor? To be honest with you, there are a number of us here. Something major happened in March. But as we speak now, you can't remember anything. There was an event in April for somebody here that you thought you were finished. But there's a God in heaven who came through for you. But as we speak now, you can't remember. <laughs> and so David says, and forget not all his benefits. You know, I, I, I actually got them to put all of those things outside on the boards. Because many times we tend to only count our troubles. Because it looks like our trouble lives with us. But, but, but God is saying, as you said to somebody this Thanksgiving, it's time to think back and to count your blessings. Hey, let me look at you and say, this, this season, count your blessings. Wake them up if they are sleeping. Say, count your blessings, not your trouble. Count your blessings. Time to count your blessings. Your many, many, many blessings. And you know, very quickly, I'm going to come back to the issue of do not forget. I'll talk about that. I'll come to that very briefly. Do not forget. But you know, the very first few things he said, he says, who forgives? Let's leave the word iniquity. I don't want to explain it. Let's, let's leave it as just sin. Who forgives all your sins? You know, many times when we read things like that, we just say, what does it mean? It doesn't mean anything. It's only when you realize that it's only God that truly forgives you. You didn't hear what I said. There are people you have offended two years ago. There's nothing you have done, no. They have not forgiven you. There are people who are inside this hall now with you. <laughs> Their heart against you. See, sometimes you need to put certain things in context. There are people you're owing money for 10 years. They're saying, until I die, you must pay that money. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. You must pay. Oh. For forgive you of what? You must pay. You see, it's only when you look at the fact that it's not easy for people to forgive you that God forgives you the major things you do. Then the perspective of forgiveness changes. You know as you are here now, you could have committed adultery yesterday. 
but something on your hands and say, when you knelt and say, Father, forgive me. You know that God has forgiven you. But you know that if your wife found out, it won't be two minutes, Father, forgive me. If God has ever forgiven you of something this year, I want you to please stand up. Huh? And, and let's just do a 30 second, a 30 second praise. Huh? If, 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 if there's something you did this year, and you know, some of it, you only know you yourself. You, you, you know the places you have stumbled, and the places you have tripped, and then you merely got yourself, and you said, Father, forgive me. Can, can, can you imagine what it will mean if God does not forgive sins? Can you imagine if all your sins from five years ago is still piling up before God? He says that if God was to, to judge iniquity, who can stand? No, most of you are doing like you're holy. If God was to open your hey, hey, if God was to show your record now, and that's why David, David was, he said, he said, in iniquity, in iniquity, my mother conceived me. I'm a man that is familiar with sin. But he said, you know, in the original Greek, the original Hebrew, he says, every one of my sin, he forgives. Is somebody glad that they serve a God who forgives sins? If that is you, come on. Give him three hallelujah. Come on, let's thank the God. The God who forgives our sins. Who forgives our sin? Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Listen to me. Never take the grace of God for granted. The grace, in fact, the main reason why Jesus came was to deal with the sin question. Because for as long as that sin question was there, there was a wall between you and God. Who oh, I could go on. And, and the second thing there, it says, who heals all your diseases? Listen to me. Some of you think it's the paracetamol you took. You don't know what I'm talking this morning. You, you, you think it's the paracetamol? There are people who drank paracetamol. And they are, they are now in the mortuary. Whether it's by miracle or by medicine, there's a God that has healed you this year. If you're not in a hospital, Come and lift up your voice. Hey! Hey! Hear me, church. Sometimes, like I said again, to understand the message of God, you need to put it in context. Go to Gariki Hospital after this service. Listen to me. There's one thing I know that suspends every other thing in life. Sickness. <laughs> I say, there's one thing I know that nothing else matters. There are people now in different hospitals in our city. They are not thinking about anything else. Or their life has been put on pause. All they are thinking is, God, heal me. <laughs> All they are saying, God, heal me. You're thinking about money. Nobody I'm going to talk about, oh. You're thinking about husband and wife? No. And so if you're here this Sunday, and as you look back, some of you didn't enter hospital this year. Some of you never slept there. 
He healed you. He healed your wife. He healed your husband. He healed your children. He healed your grandchildren. Oh! Come on! Three hallelujah! You know, there's somebody in our church. Somebody in our church. They're just dealing with this thing. A loved one, I won't mention, you know, what relationship they have with the person. I mean, just been feeling sick for a while. And everywhere they went to, wrong diagnosis. And they went somewhere two weeks ago, and they said to them, that the tumor inside the person's large intestine is this big. By the way, they sent me a picture, they removed the tumor. It's as big as somebody's head. Their life just totally changed. You're here. It's not because you did better. You did everything. <laughs> you dotted all the T's. Uh, and you're here. I said, when you begin to think about what God has done, then you know it's not about the money in the bank. Come on, if God has kept you, if God has secured you, Lift up your voice. Yeah. If he healed you of anything, from headache to toothache. <laughs> you know, somebody gave us some meat. And uh, the guy in the house fried the meat so much I was like, oh, me and none of it inside me. I went to chew this meat. And the toothache he has been giving me. I've been waiting for deliverance. If toothache hook you. But as I hold this microphone, God has delivered me from the toothache. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Please be seated. Please be seated. Hear me? You may be laughing, but I know that some of you, when toothache hook you, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing matters. Though. Everything becomes shadows in the light of that faith. Everything will become shadows. I don't know how many times you have had to take this year. Who heals? Pastor Yamana went to visit a church member. I'm sure she will testify also. Had a stroke. I think your pastor said had a stroke. You know, when I heard she had a stroke, I was worried. Because I've known family members who have had strokes. Now, majority of the time when you have stroke, you're dead. The ones who don't die, either one side of their face, one eye close, one side of the mouth with this, one hand is like this. Their speech is gone. But we went to this person's house. And we said, are you sure you had stroke? She said that the doctor said, we're going to put you through speech therapy for a while. But she would testify. I said to her, what God has done, there is no smell of smoke. No, no you didn't hear, Pastor. The, the Bible says that three Hebrew children went through fire. Man of God. When, 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 they, when they came out, they didn't look like the people who went through what they went through. 
perfectly healed. There's some of you, some things that were thrown at you this year. And look at you now. In your right mind, your brain is still working. You can still talk. You can still shout. You can still walk. You can still talk. Hey, hey. Oh. Some of you, when you check your blood pressure, you, you can't believe that you're still the same. Doctor say, is this your blood pressure? And are you okay? He said, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay. Said, are you sure? Let me check it again. You don't know the things that God does in the background. You're jumping like a cowboy. But there's a God. I said, there's a God. You know, this Sunday that's coming, it has to be things that no man did for you. Because there are times that comes when you know that it is only, it could only have been God. For that, come on, lift up your voice. Now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, so why are we coming back? David begins to tell us that one major reason why we're coming, and the three reasons, and we're done. The major reason is that. God doesn't want you to forget. He doesn't want you to forget. God wants you to always remember what he has done for you. And you see that all through, especially through the Old Testament. In fact, anytime you want to forget, he reminds you. You know, every time God talks to David, Sarkov, before he goes to fire, he says, um, David, you know that I took you from following the sheep. I said, why does he keep telling David that? Because there's a tendency that when you become a king, <laughs> you, you, you forget where he took you from. He said, you were, and I said, why did he say why the sheep was following him? Because the truth is that many of us don't follow many things. But God pulled him out of that. I said, I made you captain over my people. We, we remember this Sunday coming where God took you from. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. You know, I could, I could, I could go on and give several examples, but, but, but let, let me give a few. In, in uh, media, you've got to help me now so we can run. In Deuteronomy, we'll look at just some of the examples in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 18. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 18. Quickly now. Just a few times. Okay. Um, go, go to 17 just to get some context. God, God wants us to return because God wants us to remember the things he has done. Okay, yeah? Uh, if you should say in your heart, uh, these nations are greater than I, how can I dispossess them? Okay? Now, now, now this scripture basically is saying, uh, well, when you come to the nations where I'm sending you to, there are going to be enemy nations that are far stronger and bigger than you. Okay, go back now. Go back now. Okay? He says, uh, you shall not be afraid of them, but you shall remember what? But you shall remember what? You shall remember well. What the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all Egypt. Go to 19. 
He says, you shall remember the great trials which your eyes saw, the signs and the wonders, the mighty hand and the outstretched hand by which the Lord your God brought you out. So shall the Lord your God do to all the peoples of whom you are afraid. Please put that at the back of your spirit. God says to them, remember what I did when you were in Egypt. He said, put that somewhere at the back of your mind. He said, in the same measure, same I will do to the things you are afraid of now. Yeah. So do you understand why he's saying we should remember? Okay, I want us to look at, uh, um, we're good, we should have actually looked at that number, as number one. Um, same, same Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 2. Verse 2, quickly now. Verse 2. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 2. And when the Lord your God, can we read together now? Delivers them over to you, you shall what? Conquer them and do what? Okay, you shall make what? No covenant with them or show mercy. Go to verse 3. Okay, go to the next verse. No, that's not what I'm looking for. Did you look at uh, 7 2? We started from verse, verse 2. Okay, anyway, I, I, I think I got the context wrong, not the, the reference wrong. Now, but this, what I want to show you was uh, God began to say to them to observe the Sabbath, the Sabbath day. Okay, He said to them to observe, hear me now, to observe the Sabbath day. He said, remember to observe the Sabbath day. And then He says that um, now, Sabbath day for Israel was a day of rest. I hope you know that. No work was to be done on the Sabbath. Please hear, Pastor, this is very important. No work. In fact, in the true context of Sabbath as it should be, is total rest. In fact, you're not even allowed to even walk out of your house. Just rest. Okay? But now, you know the Sabbath was actually instituted after he brought them from Egypt. I hope you know that. Okay? And then he commanded that the rest should be observed. And then he said something, Brother Dioba, he said something. He said, even your house helps. Your servants in your house, they should also observe the Sabbath. Say, don't make them walk on the Sabbath. But here, Pastor, he says, because when you were in Egypt, because you were slaves, you did not have any rest. When you were slaves, you had no rest. You walked every day. So now that I've given you rest, not only will you rest, but also people work for you. You should also rest. But God says, God says, what is the implication of the remember there? Because as we come next Sunday, try and think on the areas that God has given you rest. As many of us as are here, there are areas in your life you don't struggle anymore there. Is anybody like that? Are there, are there any witnesses? I, I mean, there, there should be an area in your life where God has given you rest. You have ceased from your labor in that area. Some of you, you have marriages that not rest though. Hey! Some of you's money, God has given you rest. Some of you are no longer unemployed. When we come back next Sunday, remember the rest 
that God has given to me. Somebody say, I will remember. Now, because of time in chapter 8, I'm sure we know that there are two things that it talks about in chapter 8. It, 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 it says that when you, when you go into the promised land, you're going to you know, get into beautiful houses and wells you did not build and all of that. It says, it says when you have eaten and you're full. It says, please do not forget that it was God that gave it to you. You know, sometimes think is our connection our wisdom our smartness but next Sunday you remember that it's God that has given you all the good things that you're enjoying now you're going to remember <laughs> not the work of your hands but God in verse 18 it says remember the Lord your God who has given you the power for what? to make wealth You know, ministers, God keeps saying to me that the greatest resistance to thanksgiving is pride. Pride. And God knew that. He says, so when you enter the land, don't say it was because I was so smart. I'm connected. I am very good looking. I talk well. Every time you begin to think that this thing happened because of me, you are stealing the glory from God. You are attempting to touch his glory. The Bible says that whatever you have received, you receive from him. <laughs> and that's why the, the, the rich foolish man, when, 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 when he began to experience breakthroughs, one day came and said, he said, now my soul can rest. My bands are full. In fact, I will build more, more bands. Open more bank accounts. You know what the Bible says? God said, fool. Say, tonight, your very soul will be required of you. I want to say to somebody here, whatever God has done for you, don't touch his glory. <laughs> don't touch his glory. Don't even attempt it at all. Don't touch it. So one of the things that we fight our Thanksgiving next Sunday is pride. I'm person and you the person now. Do you know what put Satan in trouble? He forgot that everything that God placed upon him came from God. But he woke up one day and said, is anybody as fine as me? And that was the end. Father, we remain humble. Everything that has come, it came because of you. Everything that we have, it has come because of you. And Lord, we are going to come back next Sunday to say, it was because of you. It was because of you. It is still because of you. If that is, you come and just, just, you just want to wave your hands onto God. Whatever it is, you're married now, it's because of God. You have children now, it's because of God. That our boast, our boast, our boast will be in God. Our boast will be in God. Very quickly, you know, in Joshua chapter 4, when Israel was crossing the Jordan, he told Joshua, he said, tell all the heads of the tribes that they should pick up stones. I'm sure you know the story. Pick up stones and build a memorial on the Jordan. He says, so that when your children, when they see it, 
And they said, why, why, why is this altar of stones? He says, you tell them that this altar of stones was erected the day that God caused the waters of the Jordan to stop. I told you before that there are no, there are no, no bridge in that time. The Jordan River is flowing. And then the priest stepped in and the water stopped. God wants you to always have a memorial. But on this, let me show you the final thing here. And, and it was just something God showed me a few days ago. Help me hold this feet now. I think it's First Chronicles chapter 16 verse 4. First Chronicles chapter 16 verse 4. First Chronicles chapter 16 verse 4. Now this is David because of time we're not looking at the context. Uh, just, just can we read together? I want to go. And he appointed, let's read together now. Some of the Levites or, or some of the tabernacle of David because that's actually what the Levites do, okay? To what? To minister what? Before the ark of the Lord. To what? To commemorate. To do what? To thank. And to do what? Now we're going to look at it again. And David appointed some of the Levites to do what? To minister before the Lord. To do what? Now, now David was such an incredible person. Now this story actually came from when he brought the ark from Obededon's house. And he, and, he, and he put the ark, okay, in the tent that he erected. Now this is the next thing that he did. So David put the ark, which represented the presence of God, in that, in that tabernacle, okay? And then David now decided to appoint some musicians to minister before the ark of the Lord. Now to commemorate, to thank. Now, I, I, was, I, was, I was a little bit, um, I said, what is, what is commemorate? What is, I can understand everything. Else, but what, what is commemorate? The first thing to understand is that David just didn't want uh, to say, okay, this uh, big event we did, sang, uh, worship God every six places. He didn't want it to just be an event. He institutionalized worship. That means that these guys were going to be praising God 24-7. That's another message by itself. But then I said, Lord, what is commemorate? Until I went, look at it in the old King James. You see the word there. Look at the old King James, KJB. Okay, mark that word commemorate. And to what? Can you see the word there now? Do you know what David did? I, I looked at the word commemorate. Old King James used the word record. The new King James used the word commemorate. But, but the, the Hebrew word there says all of it. It says that David appointed people to record testimonies. To, the word that means to record, to remember, for remembrance, to mark, to commemorate. That means that the only job they did, sir, was as we come to church every Sunday, they are collecting testimonies, they are writing it down. That means God doesn't want them to forget. David, the only job of these guys. And when they now come, they will say, Lord, see the thing you did for David Chukum. See the thing you did for Auntie Ruthie. And so their job was to keep thanking God for the things he has done. And God began to say to me, that's why, please, 
if you can't celebrate your birthdays, God wants you to mark them. Celebrate your anniversaries. God wants you to commemorate them. Any good thing that God has done, don't jump and go to the next thing. Because David understood that God wants you to always, always mark what he has done. Always remember what he has done. Remember what he has done. And so this Sunday, you could take some time off. Think back. If you think, you will think. What did God do in January? Lord, remind me again, what did you do in March? Because we're going to commemorate it. Let me tell your neighbor, we're going to commemorate it. We will commemorate it. But you know, somebody may say, Pastor, is it that God has an ego problem? Why does he have to always? Does he have an ego problem? Should we always say we should remember what he has done? But there's a bigger reason why God says you should remember. A day came where David, is another David. David took food to his brothers. And then there was a giant. And everybody was afraid of the giant. And David remembered that there was once a lion came. And a bear came. So they told Saul, there's a small boy that said he can do this job. And so David went to Saul. And Saul said, but you're just a small boy. But he's a man of war from his youth. And hear David's testimony. He said, King, while I was taking out, looking after my father's sheep, a lion came. I went after it. And I killed it. A bear came. I went after it. And I killed it. He said, the same way I killed the lion and the bear, so will I kill these giants. He said, for the God that delivered me from the paw of the, of the lion, and the God that delivered me from the paw of the bear, the same God shall deliver me from this uncircumcised Philistine. And so what, what God is saying is that is the same God yesterday. No, you didn't hear what I said. He hasn't changed. So every time God says remember, it's not so much for him. And it's for you. Because what happens is that we easily forget that a day came when it looked like he won't come out of it. A day came when it looks like the night will not finish. A day came when the doctors report, oh God, have you ever done a test before and you couldn't sleep, but you got the test. Look at you now. Something came against you and God delivered you. And God said, every time I say remember, it's because the same God yesterday, the God of the lion, hey, the God of the bear. Hey, hey, hey. He's the same God. He's the same God. He's not weaker today. He's not less faithful today. And that's why God says to say to somebody, many times in church now, 
you are afraid of sharing testimony because you think two things if you share it the devil will steal it it's because you share it out of fear not out of faith and then some of you if it's money you are afraid church members will follow you home but even if you don't share it I want to say to you if God has ever done anything for you before remember let me tell the neighbor remember has God changed my Jesus never changed has God changed my Jesus the same yesterday today and forever has God changed my Jesus hear me when you come on Sunday as you remember know that everything you have thanked you're going to thank God for God will do it again the same word for testimony the root word answer for testimony the Hebrew word at the root of it says he will do it again. Every time you give a testimony of God's faithfulness, the root word, ministerio, is that God will do it again. The reason why the church is in defeat is simply because we are afraid to testify that I couldn't have children and God gave me children. But I've come to say to somebody, the God that gave you children when the doctor said you could not, that same God can heal you of anything. If that is you I'm talking about, lift up your voice. If there's anything God has done for you this year, shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. And so I will remember my Sunday. This week I will remember. Because the more I remember the God, the more God will do for me. The God who did it in March will even do much more. In the name of Jesus. You know, when we jump over, in, and I'm closing now, when we, when we jump over into the New Testament, there are two people there that talks about testimonies, and they are eminently qualified. One of them is Paul, and the other is our Lord Jesus himself. And I used to wonder why Paul, in his writings, there's too many thanksgiving. Either you hear him say, thank God, give thanks, or he say, thanksgiving. Well, this man knew trouble. How come he knew so much trouble? But the same man who knew too much trouble kept on saying, thank God. So what is it that he knew that I don't know? Now, if Paul, with the relationship he had with God, could talk a lot about Thanksgiving, then there's a reason. And we see two of them very quickly. They're in scripture. You see, our Thanksgiving in the New Testament is a totally different one from the Old Testament. Because the people that we are, in the New Testament and not the same people of the Old Testament. Is somebody here this Sunday? Let me tell your neighbor, it's not the same people in the Old Testament. With all the, all the victories of David, David cannot touch any of us because of what God has done for us. And so just a few things that we see Paul say. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57. Just one, one verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57. Let's see why Paul is always talking about thanking God. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 57. Quickly now. Can we read... 57. 57. Quickly, quickly. Can we read together now? But what? Thanks be to God. 
Can you put it back in the New King James? But, but, but thanks be to God. But thanks be to God. Now you, you, you already begin to understand the mind of Saul. Or Paul, sorry. But thanks be to God. Who does what? Who what? Gives us the what? The victory. Is anybody here born again? Somebody shout hallelujah. Okay. 2 Corinthians 2.14. Same kind of scripture. 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14. Quickly now. 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14. Second, quickly now. Second Corinthians 2 verse 14. Quick, quick, quick. Quick, quick, quick. Let's read together once again. Now, thanks be to God. Now, church, hear this. Paul had the revelation that every child of God is a winner already. The fact that Christ won the victory on the cross, we should be in perpetual thanksgiving. Why? Because everything that you need has been done for you. Here, Pastor, now, you may not have received it, but he has given it. <laughs> no, no, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. If you need to clap, clap some more. Just clap some more. <laughs> Listen to me. And I've come to say to somebody who has not received it, he's on the way. Now, now I, I, I think it was possible. I gave this example some time ago. He, he said if Dangote invited you to, to, I don't know whether he's in Lagos or Abuja, invited you to his office and said, in, in, you know, in a few weeks, uh, uh, um, uh, $10 billion will be sent to you. That's just his word. I said, you can go. Hey, 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 my God is good. Oh. Hey, hey, hey. Now, a man has told you, and they said, the money is on the way. How many of us know that our whole life, before it gets to us, it has changed? You will no longer have prayer points. All you're going to have is thanksgiving points. I've come to say to somebody, some have been delivered to you, but he has been given. And so when Paul writes what he writes, a no child of God is operating from the place of defeat. Every child of God is operating from the place of victory. And so you, you are always in victory. You are always in triumph. Hear me now. And so one way to demonstrate to God that you have faith is to say, Father, I thank you. And that's why if you notice Paul, even when he tells you to pray, okay, I'll just give you one. He will always finish with thanksgiving. Oh, are you a Bible student? Uh, he says, uh, be anxious for nothing, Ayo. I know there are issues, uh, but be anxious for nothing. But everything by prayer and supplication, Ayo, with thanksgiving. Hey, hey. You know why he always ends with thanksgiving? Because he knows that it don't happen already. Is there anybody who has faith here? Can we do with thanksgiving right now? Just... just, just just, just 10 seconds of with thanksgiving. I'll be anxious for nothing. Uh, but in everything, uh, by prayer and supplication, wait, wait. <laughs> Why? Okay, hear me. I know some of you, I'm too complex for you. You see, the only reason why you end with thanksgiving is because you know it's done. It's done. And that's why 
It's only Paul in the same Bible we say, in everything, give thanks. Sister Audrey, the same Paul will say, for everything, give thanks. Why? Because for a child of God, any which way you win. No, you didn't hear what I said. Any which way you win. Oh, I said any which way. Any which way. The Bible says if the, if the sons of this world, if they had known, they would have left Uncle Jajali. But, but, but let me show you the last thing that, that Paul wrote. The last thing that Paul wrote. Romans 8.32. Romans 8.32. Romans 8.32. That's what I said. You see, I, I'm not talking about Old Testament now. Romans 8.32. Romans 8.32. Quickly now. Let's read together now. He. No, stop, stop, stop. Who is he? He who did not what? But did what? Oh, go on now. You know, one of the reasons you need to thank God is whether it's a house or a car or healing. He says, if he gave, he gave you the best. He said, he did, not, he did not withhold the best he had. He says, if you're here today and you're born again, and you have Jesus. He said, inside that package, check, he said, check and wear, check and wear. Somebody said, check and wear. He is, he, he, check, check and wear. He, inside that package, everything else is there. Hey, that's why when you come next Sunday, yes, you may not have received it, but it has been given. So we thank him because it has been given. It's just a matter of time. Let me tell your neighbor, it's just a matter of time. Just a matter of time. And that's why you cannot mock a believer. Because you already got yours. My own they come home. How on the come, somebody shout hallelujah. Now be seated, we close in five minutes. And that's why it's only, it's only a child of God who doesn't know what God has done. That is not a thankful person. Let me be honest with you guys. I don't have one day of sadness. I, I'll be honest with you. Because I know what is in the package. My wife and I have been in situations where it looked like there's no way. But the way became a way. So there may be temporary setbacks, but there's something in the package. Your healing came in the package. <laughs> Your breakthrough came in the package. And that's when you come next Sunday. Thank him for giving you <laughs> the package. Thank you for giving. Somebody laugh like you want to go crazy a bit. And so we close, we close with this. So, so how, how does God want us to come back next Sunday? Luke chapter 7, verse 36. Luke 7, 36. Luke 7, 36. Thank you, Jesus. Luke 7. Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went 
to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. 37. And behold, a woman in the city. Thank you, Jesus. Who was a sinner? When she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster. Now, you hear me? There are few stories in the Bible that the four Gospels repeat. There are few. This is one of them. There are many of them that John doesn't, doesn't, doesn't talk about. But, Bible students, this is one story that all the Gospels count. This story. Now, if you read all the others, it makes, you cannot make sense that now we're not going to do Bible study here. But we know that the Pharisee that invited Jesus to his house, his name was Simon. Some of the Gospels call him Simon the leper. And, and it's important to understand why we must call the man's name. Now, for you to call somebody Simon the leper in that day, what does that say to you? He was a leper. Stay with Pastor now. <laughs> now, if he still had leprosy, how many of you know that he would not have invited Jesus to his house? But unfortunately, sometimes they still call you by the problem that you had. Rehab the prostitute. God will change that name in the name of Jesus. And so, Jesus went to this man's house. Let's, let's go back now, read it. Go back where we stopped at the Now, we also know that in verse 37, the Bible records, at least from the very mouth of the treasurer of Jesus, Judas Iscariot, the guy who kept money, ministers. Judas actually said, when the woman, you know, broke the, this very costly perfume and began to worship Jesus with it, he said, this thing will have been sold for 300 denarii. Now, 300 denarii is equivalent of one year wage. One year salary in that day. You know what that means? Your annual salary. That's what the woman worshipped Jesus with. So we understand context. What did Jesus do for this woman? Now, in that day, this woman ordinarily, by custom, should not enter into that house. But if only you know her pain. That's why nobody should give you the cue on what you do next Sunday. You alone know where God brought you from. <laughs> if anybody starts from shouting, come and report to me. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go back to 38. Thank you, Jesus. Go back to 38, verse 38. And stood at his feet, behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears. And wiped them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrance of her. Go to 39. Now when the Pharisee, <laughs> who had invited him, saw this, he spoke to himself. Now, now the thing about Jesus be this though. He didn't speak to Jesus though. But Jesus knew it in your mind. He spoke to himself saying, this man, if he were truly a prophet, will know who and what man of woman this is. It's amazing how people judge us. Go to the next. For she's a sinner. Verse 40. And John said, Simon, I have something to say to you. He said, teacher, say it. 41. 41. 
Did it not work? <laughs> there was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. Go on, quickly, quickly. And when they had nothing could wish to repay, he freely forgave them both. I see God changing somebody's destiny in the name of Jesus. Somebody, somebody, your debt will be canceled this month. Supernaturally. Come on, shout hallelujah. Okay, tell me therefore which of them will love him more. Verse 43. Simon answered, I said, I suppose. <laughs> I suppose the one he forgave more. And he said to him, you have rightly judged. Go to 44. Then he turned to him and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. For she has washed my feet with her tears. And wiped them with the hair of her head. Verse 45. You gave me no kiss. Put it back now. Are you afraid of the kiss? Go back. Go back to the kiss. 45. Hurry. <laughs> you gave me no kiss. <laughs> but, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet. Since the time I came in. Go to 46. You did not anoint my head with oil. But this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Go to 47. Therefore, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Go to 48. Then he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. Go to 49. I'm just going to the last thing there. And those who sat at the table with him began to say, Who is this who even forgives sins? Verse 50. Then he said to the woman, your faith. You know what blew my mind about this story? Not the fact that he, he listed four things that the woman did in the first game that Simon did not do. That's not it. So I'm hoping that there are at least four things he would do when you come on Sunday. But I saw something else in the account of Luke about the lepers and the one leper that came back. The same thing he said to the woman, the same thing he said to that one leper. He said, your faith has made you whole. That means that every time we come back to God in thanksgiving, he considers it as faith. That means if you don't, if you don't say thank you to God for anything, God regards it as if you have not given him the glory for it. And every time anybody has come back to say, Father, email her, he does more. Now, I don't know what God has done for you this year. We're going to think so we can thank. In our Thanksgiving next Sunday, I, 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 there's going to be a portion of time when I'll say, January, whether you remember or not, you're going to shout. I say, February, you go shout. Because I believe in all the days of that month, Ayo, there will have been something that will annoy you. The woman was a prostitute. Thank you, Jesus. And ordinarily in that day, nobody would have related to her properly. But Jesus came through for her. And the woman looked around her house. What can I render? What can I give? 
of what God has done. And she took the most expensive things she had in the house to come and worship him. Let us stand up to you. Thank you.